Welcome to the Mindful Salon Jedi podcast. This podcast delves deeper into the foundation of building your salon business through mindset mastery. Your salon growth starts with you. I'm your host, Caroline Sanderson, the Salon Jedi. I help salon owners just like you transform into Salon Jedi masters of your own salon business. I help you work less on the tools to work smarter, not harder, so you can confidently lead your team, if you have one, into high performers for more profits and more freedom. And welcome to episode four of the Mindful Salon podcast. And today we're joined by Mr. Matt Wilson, CEO of Einstein Marketer, who also happens to be my marketing mentor. So last year they won Blog Award of the Year and they have 100,000 social media followers. Welcome, Matt. Welcome to the podcast. How are you? I'm very well. Thank you, Caroline. Thanks for having me. Oh, it's a pleasure. So we're hoping to inspire the salon world today. Welcome to the world of salon owners. <laughs> You're not a stranger to the salon world because you spoke at my event as well, didn't you? I did, yeah. Okay, so let's just start. The, the theme of today is what is the thinking that makes an entrepreneur? How important do you think that mindset is in the journey to success? Um, I mean, it's it really is it, it's really is all there is really. I think without without a strong mind, without working on your mind, without working on your mindset uh, on a daily basis, you've got no chance of getting through the the minefield, the daily grind that is being an entrepreneur running a business. Because there's there's just challenges and problems that occur every single day, um, big and small. And I think if you haven't got the right mindset and the right way of thinking when these challenges come up, you're just gonna you're just gonna roll over to them, you know, and you're gonna quit, you're gonna give up. So, uh, although it's one of those things that no one wants to hear, because like trying to teach it to people and trying to trying to not um, uh, preach to people, but when you when you try and tell people this, they sort of roll their eyes and they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. just tell me the good stuff, tell me how I make money, tell me how I can drive traffic, generate leads, get more people through the door to sit down in my salon, all that sort of, that's what they want to hear. Um, but without that step, without that mindset part, you've really got no chance of doing it. So it's really, really important that people understand that and, and do focus and work on themselves in that way. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. It's almost like some people think that once you get your mindset right, all of a sudden the problems go away and everything's perfect. And the challenges don't come up because they're thinking positively. But that is just not the case. No, it's absolutely not. You just know how to deal with them. You know how to deal with them properly in your own brain, right? Because you, you, what a lot of people do, like if you could sort of try and define what, we, what we're talking about, because some people are like, what do you mean by mindset? It's, it's that it's the ability to look at a problem differently. So if something does arise and something goes wrong, you know, or... Uh, I don't, I don't know. You lose a load of clients, or coronavirus, for instance, right? It's that, it's that ability to be able to focus on the solutions to the problems rather than the solutions. That's sort of how I would define it, very broadly. Because what a lot of people do, most people, eighty to ninety percent of the population, 
focus on problems. That's all they focus on. So they live in the problems. They're like, and, and they'll make excuses. Oh, you know, well, this is happening, which means that I'm doomed. It means that this is going to happen. Then that means that's going to happen. It's going to mean the end of my business, the end of the world. And they focus and they live in, in, in all of the problems rather than someone with a strong mindset like me, for instance, what I'll do is take myself out of it and look at it and say, right, okay, that's the problem. But how do I get out of that? What's the solution to that problem? And it's having the ability to take your brain out of the thickness that the problem uh, gives you and take yourself out of that to try and find a solution. And it's a really, really hard thing to do. It sounds easy when you say it, but it's not because it's so easy to focus on and live in the problem because the problems a lot of the time feel so real. They feel so overwhelming. They feel so scary. Um, so it's really, really easy to be consumed by them. Right. Um, and, and not and not take yourself out of it and look for a solution. But it's having the strength of mind to say problems arise. Probably, you know, this is life at the end of the day. Problems come up every single day. There is always a solution to every problem. But I'm never going to I'm never going to find that solution if I'm constantly looking at with both my eyes and all my energy, the problem. I need to look for the solution. Yeah, you mentioned coronavirus. So obviously, that is a huge problem right now for the salon industry. Literally, the salons are closed. So the business has stopped. Um, I'm sure it's affected your business too. It's affected so many businesses. But literally, when the salon doors are closed and people have more time on their hands, they do have a choice, don't they, of either focusing on the problem that their business is closed temporarily, hopefully, or they let that consume them. What advice would you give to salon owners or other businesses right now who, you know, they've closed their doors and they have this time on their hands? What should they be doing with this time um, while they're closed? Yeah, I mean, you know, a couple of different things you could do. I mean, the, the first most obvious one is to uh, learn something new, definitely. You know, go, like take take some of that time that you've now got on your hands because, you've got no other choice. Like you're literally being made to stay in. So all of your excuses when, when, when you maybe uh, had an opportunity to learn something new about business, marketing, sales, anything like that come up before, you probably said to yourself, oh, I'm too busy to do that. I'm running a salon. Well, guess what? You're not right now. So that excuse is out the window. So why don't you t- use that opportunity to learn something new, invest in yourself, just go on, even just free training, just look at what's out there so that when you when your doors do open again, you've got new ammunition, you've got loads of new skills that you've acquired in this downtime that you can implement into your business. That's the first one. The second one would the, the second bit of advice that I would give is something similar to what we're doing, is to look at uh, your existing customers, your existing database. Let's call it of people, and think of other strategies, other things that you could potentially offer to those people, again, when businesses come back online. So what promotion, promotional ideas can you come up with? What offers can you come up with? Get a bit of paper and just start putting some out there. What can we put together for a hundred quid, for instance? What package can we, what can we call it? What does it look like? How do we promote it? Just get your brain asking all of these questions. And hopefully by the end of this, you come out with a massive notepad full of ideas that you can implement straight away. And who knows, your business might actually be better off afterwards because of it. Do you know, something that I admire about you, so when you do your marketing, um, all the different marketing that you do, you 
you really stand out. So you, you know, you, 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 your marketing's grabbing attention. So for example, you did the advert on the roller coaster. So you filmed yourself on the roller coaster. That was one of your adverts for the event that you, that you ran this year. And also the wedding dress one. Tell us oh, about yeah. the wedding dress advert that you did. Tell, tell the listeners about that one. Yeah, so um, basically we had a, uh, we, we're a marketing agency, for those of you guys that don't know. So we, we, we help businesses promote themselves online, predominantly on Facebook and YouTube and platforms like that. Um, so we need, we need people on our list or in our business anyway to hold their hands up and say that they do advertise online. Because if we know that there's a group of people that do advertise on Facebook, as an example, then we know that we could potentially help them. So we come up with a guide. We come up with a free guide, which was um, a guide all about Facebook audiences. So how to target your ideal audience on Facebook. And we called it uh, Einstein Market's Ultimate Guide to Facebook Audiences. And, and we thought if someone requests this for free, we gave it away for free. If someone requests this 65-page guide for free, then they're obviously, why would they download this thing if they're not, uh, looking, they're either running Facebook ads or they're looking to. So we could potentially help those people. So what we what we sat down and come up with was an idea of how we get people to download this guide. How do we make this? How do we make them believe that this is important? And one example that I use when I speak sometimes, I don't speak a, a great deal uh, at events or on stage or thing like that. But when I do, a, a good example that I always use when I'm talking about. Um, audiences and how important it is to target the right audience I use a wedding dress example and I say if you were a wedding dress shop and you were selling wedding dresses for instance a really bad audience for you would be men to target men with a wedding dress ad is probably not a good idea and then I sort of get them to agree and, and, and they're all sort of nodding their heads of, yeah of course that makes complete sense and I say an even worse audience would be married men because you can target married men on Facebook so what would be the point of targeting married men if you were selling wedding dresses? A perfect audience for you would be engaged women, wouldn't it? And they're sort of agreeing. So that sort of proves the point that it's really, really important to target the right audience. So because I'd, I'd spoke about this wedding dress thing, I, you know, me and the team sort of sat down and we said, wouldn't it be funny if, if, if to prove that point and to grab some attention, obviously, with the ad, that I, if I brought a couple of cheap uh, wedding dresses and uh and went out onto the street and tried to sell them to men to prove the point that i would never be able to do this because i'm targeting the right audience so so that's effectively what we did i, I purchased three really cheap wedding dresses from ebay um and funnily enough i'm engaged so uh at the moment i'm engaged my wedding's just got cancelled as well because of coronavirus wow which is a pain, but um, I'm engaged anyway. So I actually brought these wedding dresses back and I, I pretended to Emily, who's my fiance, that I'd, I'd actually brought it for her to save some money. <laughs> and she went absolutely, she went absolutely bonkers to me. Yeah. She went absolutely mad. But anyway, so what we did, I got these, I had these wedding dresses. Billy, Billy, my video guy, set up a, a, a like a secret camera and I literally went into the middle of Dartford High Street and started trying to sell these wedding dresses to men. So as a man walked past, I'd say, uh, hi, hi, sir, you look like the type of guy that'd be interested in a wedding dress. And obviously they were just looking at me like I was a complete nutter because these blokes were thinking, why are you trying to sell me a wedding dress? But I was doing it to try and prove the point that no matter 
you know, how good you are potentially at doing it. If you're targeting the wrong audience with your, with, with your offers, you're not going to have any success. And then I'd approach the camera again and sort of say, look, it's really, really important to target your right audience. That's why we put together this guide. So we did that. We did that whole thing mainly to grab attention because when you're advertising your business on social media, you've got to try and stand out <clears throat> as best you can. You've got to at least try and grab some attention, especially on Facebook where there's the, the, the most minuscule attention span possible you know you've probably got a couple of seconds to grab that person's attention to stop them scrolling so you know so so that that seemed to really work and the same with the with the roller coaster one when we were on the roller coaster if someone's scrolling through and they see some crazy guy on a roller coaster it's something they want to watch you know but again it, it, you don't have to be you don't have to do that much work or make a fool of yourself as much as I do you can just make offers and things work with really really simple just images right so like salons can use just simple images of 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 before and after photos of hair for instance you know things like that you can you can do lots of different things to try and grab attention it's just the most important thing is you get something out there yeah I think what I like about you is the fact that you have the idea and you act on it. That's the kind of message that I'm trying to get out. So, so you have this idea, you act on it. Whereas a lot of people would have that idea, but they would sit on that idea and they'd be too scared that, you know, they have a great idea, but they're too scared to put themselves out there. That fear that holds people back. So like you say, yes, you can do imagery and you can grab attention that way, but to really stand out and grab attention, if somebody knows they've got to get themselves out there, what tips would you give them? Because they have this fear of kind of being visible. And I guess it comes yeah. back to a fear of judgment or, you know, a fear That's of haters, a fear of trolls, all this kind of stuff. What, what tips and advice would you give to somebody who's thinking about getting themselves out there or who's sitting on an idea that could be an incredible idea, but they're scared to take action on it? Yeah, I mean, you've you hit the nail on the head. That's exactly what I was going to say. The, the, the actual fear is the fear of what people think. That that that's if they're completely honest with themselves. They, I mean, they can lie to themselves all they want and make as many excuses as they as they can come up with. But the fact remains, the main reason why they're not doing what they should be doing is because of fear of what other people will think. And I used to be exactly the same. So I honestly would have dreamt of doing anything like that when I was like, you know, sort of 25, even 25, 27, I'm 33 now. And it's only really been since I started my company about three years ago that I've been like that before I was exactly the same. I had all these ideas. I wanted to do it. I knew it would work, but I just never had the courage to take that final step. And it was, it was, it was when I got to the point where I was honest with myself, and I and I finally admitted, like, shit, yeah, it is because I'm worried what other people will think. And the crazy thing is when I've really sort of become in tune with my subconscious and started really listening to who that person is I'm worried about, it, it was people that I hadn't even seen in years. For instance, like some of the people were people that I went to school with like 15, 20 years ago. And I was thinking, I, I was thinking like, yeah, what would they think when they see it? They're gonna, and I was like, but. I don't even see those people. And then it, it, and I just become really, really honest about it and said, look, it doesn't actually matter because all I'm doing is I'm not doing what I want to do in my life because of what these other, what I think they might think, because that's, that's the reality. The reality actually is they don't care. The reality is most people do not give a shit about your life. They've got their own problems, their own worries, their own, uh, you know, 
the things that are holding them back that they've got to focus on. The, the reality is most people do not give a shit about you. All right. But you think in your mind, you're, uh, you almost get very self-centered. You think, oh, well, look, the whole world's going to start talking about me if I do this in a bad way. The reality is 90% of them aren't going to see it. The 10% of people that do ain't going to care. And the 1% of people that might actually talk about you, you don't like them anyway. Anyone that actually does like you and loves you, they're going to support you through it. It's just having that courage. It's, it's, it's accepting, first of all, that the reason isn't because you haven't got the time. It isn't because you haven't got the resource. All these lies that you tell yourself, the truth is it's because you're scared of what other people will think. And as soon as you admit that to yourself, it becomes a lot easier to move past it. Because then, then you're like, well, if that's the real reason I'm not going to do it, then that's not a good enough reason because I don't actually, I don't really care, you know, but it's just having that courage to admit it to yourself first of all, because all you're doing up until that point is lying to yourself and making up all these other fake reasons. Yeah. Yeah. Very true. And, and, and if you're out there and you've got something, if you, if you can help people and serve people in some way, the way I kind of got around it, was more like well it's your duty you've got to get out there and you've got to be seen because you've got to attract your tribe if you like would you, would you agree with that you've got kind of got you've got your mission you've got your thing you've got to do you've got a duty to get out there and be seen to you know to serve yeah. to serve your your clients absolutely and I, and I mean you know it almost had the re absolute reverse effect when I first started doing like like my, my personal stuff for instance with like the motivational type videos that I do and putting myself out there in that way, which, which again was a big step for me mm. immediately, the, the, immediately the people, the messages I was getting of, of thanks, people literally telling me that I'd saved their life and they were in this really dark place and all this sort of stuff. I was like, bloody hell, all of this time I wasn't doing this. I could have been helping all these people. Yeah. And that's why now I'll do it because of the daily, I, you know, I get 10, 20 messages a day from people I don't even know thanking me for doing these videos and it's like you know that the, this whole time I wasn't doing that because I was being selfish really I was I was I was too concerned about what other people think when the reality was actually people look up to you and admire you more and look at you as a leader and you get a lot more respect for doing it because other people are so scared when they see someone else putting themselves out there that it's almost like the first thing is admiration you know, the first thing is like, wow, I wouldn't have the courage to do that, but he's doing it. He's saying it. And, and that's, and that's where, that's a really good leadership quality. That's how people follow people. You know, you look at some of the greatest leaders through history it's because they had the courage to get up and say what was on their mind. Yeah. And I think Andy Harrington talks a lot about how you have to give up that need for validation. So you, yeah. you know, you're getting out there, you're doing your thing, give up that need for validation as in wanting to be liked and, and putting so much importance on that side of it rather yeah. than it's not about you, it's not about you being liked, it's not about that. Yes, there's going to be a percent of people that don't like you, that don't connect with you, but it's about the people that you can connect with and help. You've got a duty to kind of get out there and help them. That's what it's about. And it's not That's about exactly you. Yes. Yeah, that's exactly it. It's focusing on focusing on the people that you can help rather than because that's that's all you're doing when you're thinking when you're worrying about what people think. You're focusing on the people, and like I said, most of them actually don't care. But you're you're focusing on the people that are, are, don't support you, and you're giving them all of your 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 life's being dictated by people that are bad. You know, they they they're not they haven't got any value to add to you, but you're giving them all of your 
focus and attention as opposed to all the people that you can help and 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 by swallowing worrying what they think these people that are never going to add any value to your life anyway and focusing on doing it for the people that it will add value to you know it can just change things around and that's exactly what i do now i just i i do it for the people that message me every day not the people that give me a bad comment or you know call me an idiot in my comments or all the haters and trolls out there fuck them you know i, I don't do anything for them anyway mm-hmm. okay yeah um, let's bring it back a second just to, you know, same kind of theme talking about dreams and making things a reality and having that entrepreneur mindset of taking action um, on our ideas. And so this year you did your first ever EMC conference. Tell us about that and tell us about how that came about, because that was a big dream. And like I say, what I admire about you is how focused you are on the details. I mean, you had this planned out in your, like everything planned out in your head before this became your reality. Tell, tell us about that. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So, so we've wanted to, the Entrepreneurs Marketing Conference, is a, it's, a, it's a project that, well, I've wanted to do it now for about five years, um, uh, this, this event. And the main reason is just because I, I just saw a big gap in the UK anyway. There's a lot of events that take place, but not really any that uh, that talk about to talk to the business owner about marketing like real sort of tactical marketing strategies that can work for like a salon for instance that can work for a restaurant there's no one there a lot of the events talk to i mean you you you, you like for instance you do events talking to salon owners that's great right but a lot of the other events out there they talk to the 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 wannabe entrepreneur that's called it and i don't mean that in a bad way like the people that are that, that are, are just wanting to start out so they're looking for a way to go and they, they there's lots of different options right you can go down this route you can go down that route. but I, I wanted to service and i wanted to add value to the actual business owner the, the person that's just started a business the person that's just started a plumbing business, just opened a restaurant, a salon, whatever, and teach them really cool marketing stuff that actually work, like that generate them leads and generate them sales. So that's, that's first of all, it was because I saw a gap for that type of market. There was nowhere in the UK where a, a small business owner could go and learn actual really cool up-to-date marketing strategies that are going to work immediately into their business a lot of the time if they went to an event and heard about this thing it was more of a business itself they were learning about social media marketing uh, from a point of view of actually being a social media marketing whatever right as opposed to implement it into their business does that make sense or have I lost you there? yeah so so the first thing is that I saw a gap there and I wanted to I wanted to help the everyday business, the, the, the small business owner, because I know through starting a business and running a couple myself that in the early stages anyway, it's really it's a real struggle. There's lots of challenges. It's very, very hard. It's very, very easy to go bust, for instance. But I know, I've always known marketing and sales. So because I've always known marketing and sales, business is a lot easier because that's the main thing that drives a business. But a lot of these guys, like a lot of the salon owners, you know, for instance, they're very, very talented hairdressers, for instance. So they start a salon. They're like, I can cut hair. Let's start a salon. But they don't know business stuff. 
So they don't know about marketing. They don't know about accounting. They don't know about sales, promotions, offers. They don't know all that stuff. They get into it because they're really, really passionate about it, which is great. But how do we arm those people with the right tools, the right weapons to go out and actually make that business successful? So that's like the things you teach. And that's what we wanted to do. So we've, we've had the plan. We had the dream of doing it for about five years. But I knew that it had to be a paid event. I knew that it had to be paid for me to get business owners in a room. I had to charge a hefty chunk. You know, the cheapest ticket was 250 quid, for instance. Mm -hmm. And the goal originally, the goal was to get to a point where we could do an event with 250 people paying at least 250 pounds. Um, And the the one goal of the event wasn't to make money because we literally only just broke even at the event. We We made a couple of grand profit, but it was a lot of bloody work for a couple of grand profit. The main goal was to make it so good and just blow everyone away at the event that um, they would not only buy a ticket for next year, but they'd also tell their friends and their business owner friends about it next year so that we can go from 250 to 500. So that was the whole goal. And I knew the only way that we could do that was getting the best in the world, not just me, obviously, I don't know everything, but I do know everyone that knows everything. So um, it was just the case of me calling in some favors of some really, really good guys that that are really, really talented, really, really smart guys, getting them all in the room uh, and and just blowing the audience away with with value. So that at least as long as that every person in that room just had one nugget to take away, just one thing, then it would be be well worth their time coming. You know, if, oh, wow, I can use that one thing in my business right now. Um, And that that was the sort of goal uh, going into it. And the picture that I'd painted in my brain over the last five years picturing this event it was pretty crazy walking on it was very very surreal when I first walked on the stage (laughs) looking at the room it was like everything it was it was the most physical example of law of attraction that I'd I'd ever experienced so I believe in all that stuff anyway right I believe if you can see it in your brain and you want something you can go and do it right just like me running a business but it but but that's very vague it's like I knew that I wanted to run a business now I'm running a business but there's no detail in my there was no detail I didn't have detail back then of what my office would look like for instance but with this event I had the whole thing in my brain down to the detail down to what the stage looked like down to the other things that we were having there, you know, like even just the phone chargers and the, the, the Einstein logo, the way the stage was lit up, uh, the way the coffee stations were, the sponsors, all of this type of stuff was in my brain so clearly that when I actually walked out onto the stage and saw it, I was like, Jesus, this is exactly how I pictured it for five years. And now I'm actually standing on the stage. Yeah. And it was really surreal. Like you remember when I first looked out, I just took a moment, made everyone a bit awkward and just sort of sat there and looked at it. Because <laughs> I was like, let me just take a moment before I before I go into it because I just wanted to sort of savour it because it was crazy how 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 um identical what I was looking at, what I was standing on was was what I'd been picturing in my brain for five years. Yeah. But you made it happen exactly as you yeah. wanted it. And it wasn't just happen. about, just about because literally uh, you know coronavirus was was i think at that time there was uh, maybe uh, two or three cases in the uk but it was enough even then it was enough to freak people out so leading up to the event i uh, bear in mind we, uh, you know i i we'd risk everything for that event really we'd we'd we'd, we'd invested all of all of our cash loads of time god uh, my my sleepless nights and energy into it for for three months filling it up and 
a week before we start getting cancellations, people that, that they couldn't get a refund, but they just didn't want to come. They were like, look, you know, uh, I don't think it's a good idea that I come and be in a, in a, in a room full of people. So I'm canceling. We had over 20 people uh, call in the week before saying they weren't coming because of coronavirus. And at this stage, obviously we, we, we thought it was this big, just, you know, we were laughing about it. We were like, this is ridiculous. This coronavirus thing is just, uh, it's just like a, you know, it's being blown out of proportion. We know now it's a lot more serious, but at that time there was like three cases in the UK and we were like, what the hell is going on? These guys have paid some of them. Some of the people that were canceling were VIP. So they were like, they paid like 500 quid and they weren't coming. And I was like, Jesus, if 20 people have called up, you can at least double that. You can at least double if if 20 people are going to voice their concern and tell you they're not coming. You can pretty much double that knowing that 40 aren't going to come. And, and sure enough, we only had just over 200 in the room. And I can remember being a bit, um, a bit disheartened about it. Not, not cause it didn't matter to us. Cause again, it, we weren't selling anything at the event. So it didn't affect the event in terms of what we'd made, but I just wanted, I wanted there to be 250 people in the room. So I was really, I was gutted, but now looking back in hindsight, I'm actually so thankful that it happened when it did because a week, a week or two later, that event wouldn't have gone ahead. No, it wouldn't have gone ahead. No, you just, no. it's like you were just on the cusp of it because we were just, we were just on the cusp of it. Yeah. It just kind of blew up after that. I always think of that. I thought you just made it. <laughs> just, yeah. By the skin of our teeth. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Just one last question, um, Mark, before we finish. And that is, it's to do with, I mean, you handle, your company handles millions for people, you know, in the market, yeah. you're used to handling millions of clients. In our yeah. industry, there's a big fear around pricing and money. Um, it's quite a common thing where people are scared to charge their worth, they're scared, and, and it's this death by discounting where they're continually discounting their services and thinking that the clients are just shopping on price alone. What advice would you give? You know, what's your thoughts on that? This fear around pricing. Yeah, so, so uh, well, I mean, you know, because... You, you, well, first of all, it's a it's a slippery slope going down that route anyway. You know, doing discounts and trying to and trying to compete with your competitors on prices is always a slippery slope because the other way, the other way that you can compete is by being premium and charging more. You know, because that can work just as well as as discounting your price. But my my advice would 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 be to them: don't do it. If you're if you if you think that at the price you're at at the moment is by far fair. Rather than trying to discount the price, just increase the value a little bit. So just increase the value of the offer by adding something that doesn't cost you any more, you know, um, seeing what else you can add to the offer to make it more appealing, um, adding something more to the actual service when they're in the, in the salon, you know, you could, you, you could add to it. But just, what, you know, if, if I could say one thing, it would be, um, back yourself when it comes to, when it, when it comes to your pricing. Don't don't be tempted to lower your price and devalue yourself if you think you're worth it. Don't devalue yourself just to get the custom because at the end of the day, customers will always go where they get the best experience, where they get the best experience and the best service, not where they where they spend the least amount of money. And history's proved this, right? Like look at Apple. You know, Apple charge a premium for all of their stuff, but because of the the way they make their customers feel, the experience their customers get from using their products and services, they can charge what they charge. So, you know, don't don't lower your price just to compete with a competitor. 
you know, stand out more, add more value to the offer. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, so where can people find you, Matt? Or if they want to get on the priority list for EMC next year, which I am on. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Brilliant. Uh, if, if, if you want to do that, that's uh, you, they can go to uh, emc2021.com. Yeah. emc2021.com um to get on the priority list we'll, we'll probably start selling tickets uh, it's in february february next year uh so tickets will probably go on sale uh to the priority list anyway uh september time maybe october we, we haven't really figured it out yet but if you get on the priority list you get a discount so you get the first sort of uh the first 50 tickets the first 100 tickets this year will be selling at a discount to the priority list so if you are on that priority list you get a discount um yeah you can f definitely if you need any help with anything guys you get stuck with um if you get stuck with, uh, you know, running ads, for instance, running Facebook ads, Instagram ads, anything like that, just go to EinsteinMarketer.com um, and th there's just, you know, bundles and bundles of, of, of blog posts, articles, step-by-step -step sort of guides on, on how to do all that stuff. And it's completely free. So, yeah, it'd mean the world to me if, if you check out EinsteinMarketer.com as well. Yeah, I send a lot of people there anyway. There's so much value and so much content on there. A lot of free tools as well. They, they yeah, free tools, yeah. Stuff like that, so it's great. Well, thank you so much, Matt. It's been great having you on. and inspiring. That's all right, Carla. Thanks for having me. No problem at all, and speak soon.